Hello to my copiers and followers. I've been away for about uh, three weeks now. Yeah, I think it's three weeks, but I'm back this week. So let's have a review of the past week or this week and the coming week. And we're going to do that by starting with price action. So let's go into it. Start with Bitcoin. So here is Bitcoin. So the first step is to identify the trend. What's the trend here? It's very clear. So after this bottom in March, Bitcoin has been in an uptrend. That's very obvious. Uh, there were some consolidations along the way. There's one here, there's another one here, but the uptrend is clear. So what's my thesis now? Well, looking at this, there was this uptrend and then there was a pause or consolidation, another uptrend, and now we are consolidating again. So this is very straightforward. What am I expecting here? I'm expecting a continuation of the trend. Since the prevailing trend is an uptrend, I'm expecting this to break out. And what's interesting is Ethereum this is something I've noticed during this uptrend. Ethereum has been acting as a leading indicator for Bitcoin. So this, this trend in Ethereum is very similar. It's an uptrend, just like Bitcoin, but there was a period of consolidation here from 30th of May till 21st of July. And then on the 22nd of July, Ethereum broke out of this rectangle, broke out and closed at a price of 263. So that's 20, 22nd of July. Now, if I go to Bitcoin, Bitcoin was in the same, uh, Bitcoin was in the same uptrend, but Bitcoin broke out on the 27th of July. Seventh of July. So that's to me. It looks like Ethereum is leading Bitcoin in this uptrend. So it's the same consolidation, and then twenty seventh of July, become Bitcoin broke out. Ethereum had done the same thing on the twenty second, and now Ethereum began to consolidate here. And then on the 13th of August, it broke out again. Bitcoin is in that same consolidation and it's already the 15th of August. So going by that, that's my thesis now. Going by that uh, explanation, it looks like Bitcoin is going to follow Ethereum. It's going to break out to the upside. Now, what if that doesn't happen? What's the alternative thesis? That doesn't happen. The worst that can happen is price. Right now we're at 11,800. So price will pull back to the bottom of this channel 
and if that support doesn't hold it breaks out breaks down rather so if price breaks down where is it going to stop i'm just going to pull up my fibonacci retracement here so this is a retracement of the, the entire move from the last swing high from 25th of June. Yeah. So that was when price closed at 13,000. So this move here retraced all the way down in March to somewhere around 4,000. And then we had this uptrend. So what the worst that can happen now is price begins to retrace downwards again so if we break below this um, this the bottom of this channel the next area to watch will be somewhere within this circle now inside that circle there is the 61% Fibonacci retracement level so price could come down and bounce there there is also the Ichimoku cloud. This can act as a very good support for price. There is also the 50% Fibonacci retracement level. And the 200 day moving average is just around that same spot. So that entire area is an area of strong support. And this is the same area where price was consolidating for months the same area so this area here is an area to watch and one other thing to watch is if I drag this all the way to the beginning of the sell-off the value area using volume profile is also around that price point so that's the place to watch in Bitcoin. Okay, next is, let me just take all these drawings out, go away. Okay, now moving on to US dollar. Now there's so much going on in US dollar. So, lots of fundamentals behind this. But just looking at the price chart, first things first, what's the trend? Well, taking price from March, when we make that swing high at 102, it's been downhill since then. Like that. Now price is at 93. This is the US dollar index. Price is at 93. It's not really price, it's an index. So from 102 to 93, clear downtrend so what's the thesis here well i don't want to use fundamentals i just want to look at the chart if i if i look at the chart this looks like a, like a bear flag so you expect the bear flag to break down further down if it breaks down where does it stop I have some 
support levels here. So price could break down. We're currently sitting at a support at 90, 92. It could break all the way down to 91. That's not very strong support. If that doesn't hold, it breaks down even further to 88. Now that's dangerous territory. If that fails, then it's a free fall. It just keeps falling. I'm not, I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen but if it happens well just keep buying gold so that's the that's the thesis I see this falling now what's the alternative thesis if it doesn't fall it can bounce at this level here this is a very I'm just gonna take these indicators away right so this is a very very weak support area this line here 92 but the alternative thesis is price could bounce off that level and start making its way up capture the 61% Fibonacci level and then capture the 50th Fibonacci level and then it runs into very strong resistance And then it runs into the Ichimoku cloud too. That is... Uh, so, it's not so easy to tell what's going to happen. But as a swing trader, life is easy. All, all I'm looking for are levels. Okay, if price breaks below this, uh, breaks below this channel, where is my next level? My next level is 91 price breaks below 91 where's my next level 88 that's how i view it if price breaks above the channel where's the next level well next level is 95 so that's us dollar so much going on in the fundamental area central banks are printing money lots of stimulus so that is devaluing the value of the dollar. You no, crude oil is next. Crude oil for a very volatile asset. Crude oil has been has not been volatile recently. It's just been you know gradually making its way up, and now price is at forty two dollars a barrel. Now, for those who love chart patterns, since price broke above this Ichimoku cloud, it's been making higher highs, higher low, higher high, higher low, higher high, higher low. And now it's at the end of, it has formed what is called a rising wedge. That is two, two convergent trend lines. And at the top of that is the 200-day moving average, this blue line. So, what's the thesis here? I don't, I don't, I don't see price breaking out to the upside here. The strong resistance here 
there's a bearish pattern so uh, well i don't trade oil so it's not really a problem for me but it's very difficult to see price breaking above it even though when i look at the crude oil inventory where is it today's 14 crude oil inventory was was a draw 4.5 million barrels draw the forecast was 2.7 million barrels so instead of a reduction by 2.7 million barrels there was a decrease in inventories by 4.5 million barrels and what was the outcome price didn't move didn't move up instead it moved down well this is friday thursday okay it, it moved up two percent but after that it ran into resistance at a 200 day moving average and thursday and friday were down days so there's really no thesis for the upside here now for the downside we've run into resistance there's a bearish chart pattern if price goes down where does it stop where is my level so if price goes down first support area is the Ichimoku cloud if this doesn't hold it goes all the way down to this level that's $35 and that's where there is support the support here here and here this gap has been filled this entire move up in this wedge was the filling of this gap so this is for oil for crude oil 42 dollars down to 35 is a is a huge move so this is enough of a pullback for bulls to go long yeah that's enough of a pullback 35 is actually kind of cheap for, for crude oil oh look at this link usd is going crazy that's link usd breaking out so ethereum has broken out link usd looks like it's breaking out of this consolidation it's currently at 17 dollars bitcoin might follow very soon bitcoin might follow very soon so next one is gold now gold hmm, very interesting the US dollar is collapsing gold has been in an uptrend so the prevailing trend here is is an uptrend and gold this is GLD by the way GLD tracks gold very closely so it's a good substitute for gold now GLD has made this swing high like a temporary top at 193 and it has pulled back so I've drawn this Fibonacci retracement levels so that pullback has currently found support at the 23% Fibonacci level that's where we are now the thesis for gold is currently still wow look at link 7% this is crazy so so unfortunate the link is not on eToro so crazy 
All right, back to GLD. So what's the thesis for gold? Gold should, considering all that is happening in the economy, macro, fundamentals, all that stuff, central banks printing money, US dollar collapsing, gold should continue to go up. So that means this uptrend is not, has not come to an end. What simply happened here is gold got overextended. The RSI was at 87. That's pretty high. So gold got overextended and now it has pulled back. It's just a healthy correction in the uptrend. That's the way I see it. Healthy correction. So gold has corrected 20 to the 23% Fibonacci level. So the next, the next move I'm expecting is a bounce and a continuation of the uptrend. That's the thesis. Now, if that doesn't happen, what's the alternative thesis? Well, the alternative thesis is gold collapses even further. It's not really a collapse or it pulls back even deeper. And the first level is the 38% Fibonacci level. That's 172 for GLD. And this area is very important. That's very close to where we had this consolidation. So it's about two weeks of consolidation in July. So gold pull, pulls back somewhere around here. So not only the Fibonacci level, there's the consolidation, this one, and there is the Ichimoku cloud, this cloud. So those are all gonna act as support. Yeah, so that's the alternative thesis for gold. And the way things are looking, every pullback will be bought. So if gold pulls back down here, buyers will come in and buy it. Now, if I use volume profile, this is the value area. So bulls will come in and defend price here. But that's below the 50% Fibonacci level. That's, that's a retracement of half the move. That's too much. Okay, leaving gold now, moving on to, what's the next one? Let me just delete this, these lines. All right. S&P 500, I'm using the SPY. All right, this is the big one. The stock market, large caps. We're very close to an all-time high. Haven't closed above the the high in January, but very close, very close. So on SPY, we're at 3.36. All-time high is 3.38. So what's the thesis here? Well, this is an uptrend. Very clear uptrend. Price is moving that way. Now, for those who like wave analysis, 
this is wave one, wave two, wave three, wave four, and that's wave five. So it looks like we've had a lot of accumulation and now we are at the distribution stage. So at the distribution phase, we're gonna have a correction, which will come in three waves, A, B, C, and then we'll resume the uptrend that way. Okay, that's for wave analysis. But just looking at price action, this area here is a resistance level. So it's very, a lot of people look at fundamentals and say valuations are too high, the economy is in the ditch, how is the stock market rallying, doesn't make sense. So there is that, but that's not really what to look at. Price keeps going up, so it's an uptrend, in an uptrend you buy. It's very possible that there will be some profit taken here. It's also possible that price just blasts through, through this level, keeps going up, but eventually there's going to be some sort of correction. These corrections are healthy for this for the uptrend. So it's very hard to tell what's going to happen here. One just has to be careful. But for me, the current the expectation is for the uptrend to continue. Why shouldn't it continue? But what if it doesn't continue? What happens? Well, if it doesn't continue, then there should be a pullback. And the first level that I'm looking at is to this level. 329. Is that 329? No, 326. Because I have a support zone there. There's support here, the support here in June. It's also the same level here back in January. So it's a very decent support zone. If that zone does not hold price, what happens? It falls further down. And there's a zone here. I'm going to pull it up. There's a rectangle there. Where is it? Yes, that's it. And there's another one. Yeah. So this area here, it's a very strong support zone. So price initially, initially this was a resistance area. So during this uptrend, price went up. And then in April, it got to this resistance area, tested it, failed, pulled back retested in Mar in May, pulled back, and then in on May 26, broke out. And then that same area became support. So resistance becomes support in June, and then retested again on the 29th of June. So because this is an uptrend, have a very serious correction worst I'm expecting worst case scenario now I'm expecting it to pull back down to 300 the same level that's just at the bottom of the Ichimoku cloud and then from here 
I should expect more upside. So that's the alternative thesis. That's the alternative thesis. Okay, just take all these drawings away. And that same area is also the 61% Fibonacci level. So pull back down to the 61% level, then all the way back up. That's not, well, that's a serious pullback, but that's a very good buying opportunity for those who are not in this bull market. Okay, that's all for price action. Now I need to check market breadth. I like market breadth. So with market breadth, what I'm looking for is, I know this market is in an uptrend, but I also know the economy is in the ditch. Okay, so stock market is rising. The economy is just trying to recover. So how is this possible? Is this safe? This is why a lot of people are shorting the, the, the market because it doesn't make sense. So how do I, how do I make sense of this? Well, best way to make sense of it is to check market breadth. So market breadth is going to show me how healthy this uptrend is. Is this uptrend just the result of a few large cap stocks pulling the market upwards? Or is there wider participation by all the other groups of stocks, small caps, mid caps, uh, tech, industrials. How healthy is this uptrend? One way to check that is to use the percentage above the 200 day moving average. So this is the S&P, SPY, that's the uptrend there. And what I have here is the percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 that are above their 200 day moving average. Now, what I'm interested in here is not really the number or the percent. Well, the percent is important. As long as the percentage of stocks above their 200 day moving average is above 50, then I can conclude that this uptrend is legit. This uptrend is, is healthy. And right now, that number is 62% for the S&P 500. But what I really want to see is, I want to see this uptrend. Since June, the number of stocks above the 200-day moving average has been on the increase. That's very healthy. I like that. Now, if I look at the Nasdaq exchange, all the stocks in the Nasdaq exchange, all, all the stocks listed on the Nasdaq exchange, what percentage of those stocks are above their 200 day moving average? 58%. So that's showing me market breadth, how healthy, how much participation is there in this uptrend? Well, in the Nasdaq exchange, 58% of all the stocks are above the 200 day moving average. Now compare that to March 23rd, when the market bottomed. Look at this, just about 2% of stocks 
were above the 200-day moving average in the S&P 500. Same thing for Nasdaq exchange and the New York Stock Exchange. So there's an uptrend there. And in the New York Stock Exchange, 54% of stocks above the 200-day moving average. So every day, this number keeps going. Well, not really every day, but mostly every day, it keeps going up. So over time, over the past two months, it's been a very steep uptrend. So that tells me, well, it's not just Apple, Facebook, Google, um, Johnson & Johnson, Adobe that are pulling this market up. All the other small, small cap stocks, mid cap stocks, they're also capturing the alternative moving average. They're also making their way up. It gives me some degree of confidence. Okay. I'm Let's take all these drawings away. Now, another way to check market breadth is to look at the cumulative advance decline. Advance means the stock closes above yesterday's price. So when the stock closes above yesterday's price, it's advancing. Decline means it closes below yesterday's close. So close above yesterday's close, advance, close below yesterday's close, decline. If you take the cumulative advance and decline, you get a cumulative advance decline. So this is a subtraction. Cumulative advance minus cumulative decline will give me the overall trend in terms of advancing or declining of the stocks. And this is very clear to see the overall trend in the large caps, SPX, large caps, stocks are advancing. Okay, that's good. Everybody knows that. Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Tesla, Netflix, they're all advancing. That's pretty clear. What about mid caps? stocks that are not all those companies that are not that don't have the same size in in terms of market cap they are also advancing the kind of struggle during june july but now they're advancing you can see this is this is a high that's a higher high so this if i draw a line here we're making new highs if i draw a line here new highs and then if I look at small caps, this is small caps. The story is the same, but it's very clear that there was a downtrend here. They were struggling, but now there's an advance, new high. So overall, it's an uptrend. That's another way to measure breath or to check breath. So it's not just large caps that are advancing small caps are also advancing they are closing higher and higher and higher so that tells me hmm doesn't matter what's going on in the economy the economy is different from the market the economy could be collapsing but this market well there's a link between the two but the technician doesn't care about that 
technician cares about price and price keeps advancing throughout the market that's what's important now another way to measure breadth is to check new highs and new lows and these are 52 week highs 52 weeks is one I think it's one year I believe it's one year now I'm gonna check that for the SPX that's large caps Nasdaq exchange New York Stock Exchange now this was the bottom or this was the downtrend and the bottom here so many stocks were making 52 week lows new 52 week lows now but since that rally the last time a stock made a 52 week low in the SPX was in May right here since May more and more stocks have been making 52 week highs that is new yearly highs more and more stocks every day on Friday 16 stocks in the SPX made a new 52 week high same thing in Nasdaq okay this is the difference between new highs and new lows so there were 41 more highs than lows pretty much 41 new highs New York Stock Exchange it's also the difference 37 new highs so to wrap that up stocks are closing more stocks are closing above the 200 day moving average in the large caps mid caps and small caps more stocks are advancing and more and more stocks are making 52 week highs so that that tells me that market breadth is healthy that's what it tells me there's no other way to interpret that market is healthy the uptrend is healthy so it might be struggling from time to time but overall it's healthy so that why why would anyone short this market if most of the stocks in the market are in an uptrend well not really in an uptrend but they're gradually capturing the 200 day moving average they're making new highs new 52 week highs and they're consistently advancing there's no reason to short the market if you want to short the economy that's fine good luck with that how do you even shut the economy but leave the market alone the market is in an uptrend Another way to confirm this is to check how well small caps are doing relative to large caps. Large caps are mostly doing okay. What about the small caps? So I'm gonna check the ratio of small caps to large caps. And if I check that ratio, when it goes down like this, small caps are underperforming so like this small caps were underperforming but when it goes up la large caps are underperforming so what this means is in this area of this chart 
small caps were outperforming large caps. So that's a confirmation of market breadth that it's not just large caps that are pulling the market upwards. Small caps are also pulling their own weight. There are ups and downs like this up and then underperform, outperform, underperform, outperform, underperform. So it keeps going up and down, up and down. But for the past mm, 20 something days, this region here, it's been an uptrend. So the entire market is doing well. That's the summary of market breath. Looks like uh, this is really no reason to short the market. You can short for, if you're contrarian, you can short, but how, how large is the correction? Very little compared to the uptrend. Okay, now I want to look, I've been testing a new idea created a a portfolio within a portfolio so all these stocks i have here I actually have them in my portfolio so i call it the marketplace portfolio so all these online marketplaces like amazon jumia etsy fiverr fiverr is a marketplace for what's the best way to describe this hmm if you if you know how to do something very well and you want to you want to get paid for it you can well it's a marketplace for talent you can someone can hire you to draw uh, draw make a drawing for them someone can hire you to write a code someone can hire you to do a voiceover so it's a marketplace for talent uh, alibaba wholesale marketplace so they are all marketplaces and they've all been doing well so I've got all these stocks in my portfolio so what I want to do is I want to monitor their performance using the relative rotation graph so this graph has four quadrants the red is the lagging quadrant and then the blue is the improving quadrant Green is the leading quadrant and yellow is the weakening quadrant. So the ideal rotation of a stock is to move from lagging. I'm going to draw on this screen. So the lagging quadrant is in the bottom left. Improving quadrant is top left. Leading quadrant top right, weakening quadrant, bottom right. So the ideal rotation is from lagging to improving. And then after improving, you begin to lead. And then after leading, you weaken and then you start lagging and you go on and on and on. That's how these stocks are supposed to rotate but they don't have to follow that um, that path they can jump anyhow they like so i've got this portfolio within a portfolio and i'm trying to monitor the performance of these it's my i call it marketplace portfolio so i've got jumia alibaba let me scroll down 
scroll down right i've got how many one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven stocks jumier etsy me hmm, what's that thing called again mercado libre that's amazon of south america alibaba fiverr shopify ebay Cado, that's in the UK. JD, Amazon, Walmart. Walmart is now a marketplace. Ideally, it should be referred to as a retailer, but it seems they now have a marketplace. And the benchmark is the SPY. So, when stocks move to the right, they are increasing in their relative strength. That is, they are beginning to increase in their performance compared to the SPY. Once they cross this 100 mark, it means they are outperforming the SPY. When a stock moves up, it means they are increasing in momentum. When the stock crosses this 100 line, this horizontal 100 mark, it means their momentum relative to the SPY is greater. So that's the that's the explanation for the relative rotation graph. So where I want to find stocks is in the improving quadrant and the leading quadrant. I'm not really interested in stocks that are lagging weakening yes i might take a look at them but ideally this is the shopping area here improving and this is where i want to be leading and what else yeah so this marketplace stocks are all doing well there's hardly anyone in the lagging quarter apart from walmart there's none in improving although they sometimes end up in improving but generally they all do well very well they're all you can you can most of them should be in the discretionary sector consumer discretionary i think that's where they should be some are in tech but they all do very well so that's why most of them are in leading the ones that are not in leading have just moved into weakening from the leading quadrant so I can animate this to view the rotation over, I think it's over a period of one year. So I'm going to click animate and this shows me how they have rotated. Oh, look at Jumia. Oh, so that shows the rotation. I want to see it again. So initially they were all hovering around the SPY and then they began to outperform. Now, there's so many things to take away here. Starting with Jumia. Jumia is this crazy stock. If you look at eToro, you see lots of lots of people buying into Jumia. Some people got taken out. Jumia is extremely volatile. Extreme, extremely volatile. Lots of people had their stop losses triggered. And you can see that volatility because 
now you can see it in the in the length of the tail so each tail is or each dot in this tail is a week so this is one week two three four five so this is week six so we're looking at a tail of five weeks the longer the tail the greater the volatility so this is jumia if i go into the chart for jumia my god look at link nine percent if i go to jumia this is a chart for jumia so you can see that high momentum it's outperforming the spy and each of these candles here let me start from here this candle here this one that looks very small that's 15 percent move this red candle this one here that's 13 percent down this massive green one is 34 percent this is 22. this one here nine so crazy moves it just moves like a, like a rocket ship that's why it has this long tail so it's clearly having the highest momentum because it's high up there and it has the second highest relative strength because it's very close to the right so that's one that i probably i want to keep my my investment in jumia very moderate because it's too volatile it will cause drawdowns in the portfolio the stock I don't like at the moment is Walmart. Walmart is lagging. It's the only one in the lagging quadrant. So I think the strategy here will be to reduce my exposure to Walmart. I don't really have much in Walmart anyway, so I'll just keep it the way it is. Now, which ones am I interested in? I like Etsy. Etsy was, I'm just going to gradually rotate backwards so etsy where's etsy it's etsy it was in the week in the improving quadrant oh it actually came from the lagging quadrant moved into improving this is etsy here and then kept improving look at that straight line that is showing high momentum because it's going up and kept improving and then it went into the leading quadrant began to lose momentum kept moving and now it's rolling over and it has fallen into the weakening quadrant but it's beginning to gain momentum again it's turning upwards so i like etsy and easily i just like relative rotation graphs because you can see it in a graphical way you can also read that from a chart. This is Etsy. High momentum. So this area here, high momentum, began to lose momentum and then regained momentum and now rolled over, but it's making its way back up. So that's exactly what I'm viewing in this relative rotation graph. Another one I like is Amazon. I like Amazon here because the tail is so short. And what that means is it's not very volatile. Not very volatile. So if I rotate backwards, Amazon was 
Well, it was, okay, that's around Jan, no, that's last year. It's way up into improving, then leading, and rolled over, fell down into weakening, but very minor movements in the changes in the price. So that's why the tail is so short. And now it's heading north. Heading north. So it's always good when the stocks are heading north or northeast. Northeast is best. Mercado Libre, M-E-L-I, is currently falling like a rock. Falling like a rock. It's probably... Well, if I look at this, it seems they're all performing in a very similar way. It seems they're all, they're all rolling over at the same time. They're all gaining momentum at the same time. They're all gaining relative strength at the same time. So it's very likely that Mercado Libre will rotate back up as the others make their way up. Alibaba is already back in the leading quadrant. So that's just very interesting to watch. I like that. It's a very interesting way to, to monitor the mini portfolio. Now, I want to pick stocks for next week. Stock picks for next week. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to... I don't know how many stocks I'm going to pick. But I want to pick stocks that are likely to perform very well next week. And as I keep picking the stocks, I'll keep them till the end of the month. I'm going to put them in my virtual portfolio. See how well the stocks I pick perform. I'm trying to test a system for finding good stocks. So I'm going to start by taking a look at all the sectors, energy sector, financial, there are 11 sectors. So I'm going to click on one week performance. Now looking at this table, the best performing sector this week was the industrial sector. Second best performance was energy, but everybody knows that energy has been terrible. This is a chart for energy. Look at that. It's one of the worst performing sectors since the bottom of the market in March. Look at that. That's horrible. So there was a low here, made a swing high, lower low, and now it's it needs to break above this high so it needs to go somewhere there at least recapture 46 even if it does that there are other sectors like um, discretionary that have made new highs see so what that tells me is one week is not a good measure of performance so I'll go to one month. So if I go to one month, energy disappears. It's down to 11, 10, 9, 8. It's down to 
eighth best performing sector. Industrial is still number one, but now discretionary is up there. Technology sector is third. That's good. Now what if I go to three month performance? Industrial is still number one. Discretionary is still number two. Okay, so if I'm gonna pick a stock, I wanna pick from the industrial sector because technology has been struggling of recent. It looks like there's some sort of rotation. Sometimes it looks like there's rotation out of technology and then all of a sudden it looks like there's money flowing back into technology. So it's not really clear what's going on, but the best performing sector over the past three months has been the industrial. Discretionary has also been very good. But somehow it just feels like technology is the best performing sector, but that's not what's reflecting here. One way to check that is to check XLI against XLK. So that looks like a downtrend. XLK outperforms XLY, XLI. How about XLY against XLK? Now this is flat. So what that means is discretionary sector and technology are pretty much even. So yeah, I believe this, I believe this table. So I'm going to find a stock from XLI, from the industrial sector or the discretionary sector. I'm going to click here and then now what I want to do is I want to use the relative rotation graph for stock picking. So click on sector RRG. Now I'm going to plot the stocks in the industrial sector on my graph. And this is what I get. There are too many of them. So straight away, I know I don't want this lagging, this lagging stocks. So I'm just going to deselect them. I don't need stocks that are lagging. I don't have time. I want stocks that are ready to start making money. This is my shopping area, the improving. I'm just going to increase this, make it wider. Right, so this is the shopping area, the improving quadrant. I want stocks that are here, that are improving and heading towards the leading quadrant. But that's that could be dangerous. Stocks that are here could be rolling over and falling down into lagging. I want stocks that are leading, but the problem with stocks that are leading is they might be already overextended. That is, they might have they might have advanced too far and it might be dangerous to buy at the top. Now, there are stocks that are weakening. Now, weakening could mean they have just temporarily lost momentum and they're going to regain momentum and head back into leading. It could also mean 
they are weakening and they will continue to lose momentum and relative strength or I should put it this way they have lost momentum so they have fallen down into the weakening quadrant now momentum is simply on this chart momentum is the rate of change of relative strength that's the relationship so I have relative strength on my x-axis the rate of change of that relative strength is my y-axis so momentum becomes a leading indicator for relative strength so you lose momentum before you lose relative strength now how that applies to this quadrant is if these stocks have lost momentum it means very soon they will be losing relative strength and heading towards the left into the lagging corner so it's a bit risky so that's a that's a conundrum what do you do i definitely don't want stocks here I'm taking them out so what i'm going to do now is i'm going to take a look at the charts of each of these i'll start from here ups ups is doing fine but it's probably overextended so this this preview here is showing me that's from july to august uh, that's about that's about two months right so july to august is one month yeah around around two months and ups let me just go to the chart ups now look at this this is ups do i want to buy into this the good thing about the rogs it helps you find stocks that are doing well so you don't have to it if you consider all the stocks in the s p 500 500 stocks it helps you narrow it down by sector into the stocks that are doing very well within a particular sector so any stock I find here, I know it's definitely doing okay. Now, this is already overextended. Do I want to buy this? And it looks like, it looks like it's flagging. Okay, that looks like a flag. So it might break out very soon. Uh, I like UPS. What about FedEx? It looks very similar to UPS. I'll leave that there. MAS Moscow looks nice like that SWK Stanley Black and Decker hmm let me see what that looks like SWK uh, doesn't look bad relative strength is good Outperforming SPY. Hmm. What do I make of this? It's above 200 day moving average. Well, it's not bad. SWK. Dare. See, I don't even know what these companies do. Dare. D E E R E. Johnson Controls. 
these are all looking good caterpillar cat i'm trying to eliminate some stock so i have very few to choose from so higher high higher low higher high higher low higher high i'm expecting a higher low and then so this might go down further so i'm gonna i'm gonna eliminate this that's caterpillar i don't want that ftv i don't want this looks similar to caterpillar emr oh emr this one mm. all right i know how to eliminate them i want parabolic stocks right this is what parabolic means when a stock has a chart that looks like this it tells me that this company has a product that people want to buy or it offers services people want and people are buying that product or paying for that service and that stock is is uh, having very high revenues or that company has high revenues basically the company is doing fine the stock price is increasing year after year after year that's what it tells me so i want whichever one i pick to be parabolic these ones in green are all doing fine how about the yellow let me see fast looks nice my god they all look good oh efx definitely doesn't look nice efx wow it's parabolic but hmm okay this is the problem what do i make of this is that a bull flag bad endings yeah bad endings oh good endings gap up and then got sold hmm. it's now finding support in the cloud if i draw a line here it's it's not only finding support in the cloud it has found support here so this is i actually like this equifax what do they do equifax sounds financial equifax no idea i don't want to check so it looks like it's bouncing see it has hit support it looks like the next way is up i'm gonna leave it ah there's so many so many right need to be more strict granger my god there's so many uh, you know what? Let me check this. UAL. I think UAL looks terrible. United Airlines. Oh my God. Those are the ones you don't want. <laughs> United Airlines. No. United Airlines, Delta Airlines, General Electric, Boeing. All right. I see what's going on. I don't want these ones. 
you can see they're all rolling over look at that so on deselect all of this yeah industrial sector this is where the airlines are that's true these ones are also too many so what am i going to do well i'm going to defer to the relative rotation graph and i'm going to select the ones in the leading quadrant because whatever is causing these companies to all lose momentum has not caused these ones to lose momentum so deselect all of these going to select all of them I only want stocks in the leading quadrant stocks with high momentum and high relative strength so these are my stocks now animate okay this shows me how the stocks have rotated or their journey from where they were to where they are now let me just back up a little. Back up a little to January. Okay, this is January. I'll see which ones did really well during the, the sell-off. This is a sell-off. CTAS. Never. Oh. Okay. CTAS did well during the sell-off. What I'm doing is I'm looking here section of the screen so that area there is the area of the sell-off and this is showing the performance so during the sell-off this was when the sell-off began so during that at the start of the sell-off CTAS was doing well FedEx was improving and Yes, began to roll over. SWK, EMR, MAS, nothing to write home about. And the UPS during the recovery. Look at MAS. So MAS is interesting. MAS, I think I found something interesting here. So MAS was in the leading quadrant that was far back in October okay start of the sell-off MAS was in the weakening quadrant and it never moved into the lagging quadrant Am I right? Yes. It turned up into the leading quadrant. And it's been there ever since. So what is MAS? I have no idea what it is. Masco. What the hell is Masco? And what did they do? It's not very parabolic, but it doesn't look bad. Yeah. So general uptrend, I have no idea what happened here. 
but it still looks good and it's doing really well you see now this looks overextended compared to the SPY it's outperforming so very good relative strength RSI looks okay it's trending downwards now relative strength is also weakening slightly so I think I'll pick MAS I'll pick MAS so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pick I'm gonna delete all these ones here next week and let me see if I have MAS here oh it's here great I'm going to invest this is virtual trading by the way I'm gonna invest let me see how much um five hundred dollars in each stock i pick so at market open my virtual trading account will buy mes set order right like mes now something else caught my attention this is the start of the sell-off ctas was leading and towards the end it rolled over went into oh look at that so ctas was leading rolled over into weakening briefly into lagging and then turned around straight into leading now what the hell is ctas what did they do Sintas Corp. Look at that. These are stocks I've never heard of. My God, look at this. See what I'm saying? Whatever they are selling, people are buying it. Whatever they are doing is working. It's generating revenues. It's very likely they're also profitable. I don't know. I can check. I can check I'm gonna check CTAS first of all make an odd CTAS Sintas caught $500 another order so CTAS looks good um, delete this yes is looking good now sell off here bottomed higher high higher low high high higher low swing high forms a bullish pennant here breaks out well it's doing good and look at that outperformance of the SPY still outperforming RSI uptrend great strength great outperformance looking very good so let's see how that performs next week now which other one We've got MAS CTAS let me scroll back okay start of the crisis FDX FedEx was improving Okay, FedEx, 
improving. I'm watching FedEx leading rolls over. Look at it, make a turnaround. Wow. Watch FedEx from improving during the sell off. And as the market bottom began to lead, that's high momentum, improving relative strength, and then it rolled over and fell into the weakening quadrant. But look at this turnaround here. Just turn around sharply back into leading. Wow. FedEx, FDX. Hmm. Not a pretty chart. Well, it looks good. Parabolic. Yep. But it had a very long period of underperformance. This, this whole period here is scary. It only began to outperform here. Why is that? I have no idea. Don't know the fundamentals of FedEx. I don't know, maybe more people are, oh, wait, stay at home. People are buying stuff. People are sending stuff. Maybe that's why. Oh yeah, FedEx and UPS are doing well. So it must have something to do with things being posted, people can't move around, something like that. But whatever it is, it's it's looking good on the chart. Now, is this overextended? Is it due for a pullback? I don't know. And it's it's hard to tell. But it's doing it's doing really well. So what do I do? Hmm. FedEx, I'm going to pick one between FedEx and UPS. So what I want now is UPS, FedEx, MAS, CTAS. Get rid of these ones. I want to see what this looks like. Rotation, CTAS, Mars. Let's see that again. UPS suffered the most. It went so far to the right, to the left and it was volatile during this period. My God, look at that volatility. Oh, UPS. Huh. One, two, three, four. All right. I guess those are my four stocks. I'm tempted to pick a stock from discretionary. Let me see what discretionary looks like. Because I know discretionary is the second best performing sector. XLY. XLY. Now look at this. They all look like they are rolling over. Look at them, all of them going down. So they're all losing momentum. Look at Amazon, Tesco, eBay, Home Depot. I believe that's Home Depot. All, come on, stay there. All losing momentum. Is it terrible? I'll stick with industrials. It's the best performing sector anyway. So, my four stocks. 
FedEx, UPS, MAS, and CTAS. UPS trade five hundred dollars. It's virtual trading, so don't test this this strategy. FBX. Okay, I'm gonna see how this performs. But I want to see what. So these are my pending orders. MAS, CTAS, UPS, FedEx. Those are my stock picks for this or for next week. Now, let me quickly take a look at CTAS. I'm just curious, what does that company do? Syntax Corp. Uh, security snapshot. Syntax Corporation provides corporate identity uniforms and related business services primarily in north america latin america europe and asia it operates through uniform rental and facility services written here and first aid and safety services segments the company rents and services uniform my goodness uniforms I wonder if they are providing prison guards and prisoners with uniforms, something like that. It could be that. Uniforms, police, military, coast guard, and who else? Prisoners. Right. Historical graph. That's where I want to go. Now I want to see gross profit oh look at that beautiful um debt how much debt do they have well lots of debt for sure um short interest wow very low short interest 1.6 percent people believe in this company how about revenue and growth Okay, revenues on the increase over the past 10 years. That's it, this blue one. Look at that. 2011, there was a pause and then on the increase. Even through the coronavirus downturn, still doing fine. How about net income margin? So the blue is, no, go to 10 year. Come on. So the blue is revenue. The green is net income. All right, I have lots of income. Company's doing well, very sound. How about price target? What are the analysts saying? So that's the price. The purple is the price target. Price target is currently 297. The stock is trading at 316. It's trading above the analysts' targets. That's interesting. That's interesting. Estimates. So out of 
12, getting out of 14 analysts that are tracking this stock. Two say sell, seven say hold, five say buy. Not like I really put any faith in what these people talk about. It's just fun to watch. Anyway, that's it for this week. See you next week.